Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. My name is Diane. My name is Pete. And we're back again after a brief hiatus there. Yes. Yes. And normally we recount our week mm-hmm. and what's new with us. Mm-hmm. But we just watched an episode of Dragon's Den. Yes. And I wanted so much to talk to you about it. And I was like, well, I got to stop myself because we need to talk about this on the podcast. Like, let's just hit record and talk about it. Cool. This is awesome. I like this. Uh, so we noticed that uh, Netflix had added some episodes of Dragon's Den. And we finally checked that out and realized that it was Dragon's Den UK. Uh, so fully new experience for us watching this new show. Yes, because we had Dragon's Den, the Canadian region, uh, on our list. And it popped up as new episodes. And that's why I was confused. I even got an email where Netflix sometimes sends me, you might be interested in this. And it's like, Dragon's Den, new season added. And I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. Looking forward to that. So um, I didn't recognize any of the people, but they change their staff all the time or periodically. Um, So I was like, oh, well, maybe it's an all new crew. Might be interesting to see what's going on. So I thought this would be an interesting thing to talk about. It reminds me a bit, like we did uh, an episode um, where we compared The Office UK. Mm Mm-hmm. And the office US. Yep, for sure. Um, so this is similar, except it will be the Dragon's Den U- UK. It's the British one. And in comparison to, I guess, what we're used to seeing, the Canadian yep. uh, Dragon's Den. I see it there. Episode number 52. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So right off the bat, mm-hmm. I think this was season 13 or something. Yep. Um, first episode we were watching of uh, British Dragon's Den. And uh, right off the bat, y- you notice there's a different tone when you go region to region, right? Yep, Like that was really obvious even with when we were looking at The Office. It was like their sense of humor is different and their editing's different. And right off the bat with the intro of this one, we were like, this is incredibly dramatic, right? Yes, theatrical. Mm. Uh, they essentially have the dragon's walking out in front of like a a background picture of like lava and like a volcano and a dragon is etched in the kind of molten lava ground yeah yeah um which i'm thinking back to the canadian version and it's basically highlights the dragon's companies yeah the canadian one has a lot more explosions though yes and sponsors. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this intro alone, it seemed like it was a lot longer. Like, it was very slow. Like, <laughs> it was slow and, and dramatic and almost like melodramatic, I guess. And that sort of mood carried throughout the entire episode, I felt. Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, any points you would like to touch on? Cause I, I made a lot of notes. I can see that. I feel like we should just go through your notes and I'll probably can interject here and there. Okay. So from the top, I would say, I mean, there's obviously a different tone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, accents is the first thing. Um, so I was even like kind of joking to myself that, uh, one of the pitches, I think it was the second one was for, was it Fit Britches? Fit Britches. Okay, I thought they said Frit. 
actually at some point. And it didn't help that her logo is like handwritten and you couldn't even tell right, what yeah. it actually said. Mm-hmm. So then there's the accent and it's Frit Britches. And when Fit. I saw that, <laughs> right. And when I saw the uh, logo, I thought mm-hmm. it said fat bitches. <laughs> yeah, which was pretty funny. And then we actually heard the real company name. And I mean, I think either would have done well. It's shapewear for women. So yeah, but that was like very dis- distracting. And actually, just on a side note, uh-huh. is that is that a cuckoo clock? I wrote it down. Uh, maybe. Or would that be considered explicit? I'm not sure. All right. Well, we'll, we'll decide that later <laughs> then. We'll fix that in post, perhaps. Um, yeah, so that was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> in addition to that, the, the five uh, dragons, mm-hmm. at first they certainly seemed very unfriendly. Um, yes. Uh, it, made, it really made me think like that you get a bit of Canadianness in uh, in the Canadian dragons then you really see, oh, wow, we are a friendly people or something. Like even if there's like a really terrible one, especially with like Arlene or Darlene, I can't remember her name, uh, used to be very emotional and at least like would be like, you know, I believe in you. I might not support you or I think your idea is bad, but uh, either you should stop doing it or, you know, good luck to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas these guys were very to the point and kind of dry. That sounds very British. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, another accent. I wrote this one down. Okay. Uh, the guy said Peyton. Yes. And then you turned to me and said, that means patent. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and when they introduced one of the women, they said a Bradford mum of four. Yeah. And you thought that that was Her name. their name. <laughs> like, who's Bradford mum of four? That's a weird name. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. They don't have any titles either. That's the other thing. No. And what they do have instead of titles is, is the narrator. host who plays a much more prominent role than the host in yes. the Canadian Dragon's Den. In yeah. the Canadian Dragon's Den, you have the host whose name is Diane. So it's easy to remember. Mm. Um, and the she introduces, yes. And she introduces uh, the dragons and just kind of um, says, here's what we're going to do this episode. Tries to be like, yeah. what's going to happen? And then she's quiet. Gone. She's not used for anything else. The narrator for the UK version is almost like the play-by-play guy. And he's constantly reminding you what the pitch is, yes. how much money, who's out. And someone will go out and then he'll say, so that leaves four more. And it's like, it's not just that. It's thank like, you. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, Sarah Willingham says, I'm out. And then the narrator comes and says, Sarah Willingham has now gone out, and that leaves only four dragons left. The mood in the in the uh, room has turned to quite a sour sort of tone. The pitcher looks like they're getting sweaty at this point. It's 2 p.m. on a Friday, and the mist is coming out to the windows. What can happen next? And then there's all these, like, extreme close-ups yes. of, like, their hands. They're, yep. like, fidgeting. They're, mm-hmm. like picking up their book, putting their book down. Mm -hmm. They're just staring at each other for long periods. (laughs) Like there's all this like intense stare down. And then, yeah, the narrator talks and then it goes to some dialogue. Finally, it's very strange. Uh, After like 30 minutes of it, Mm -hmm. it just seemed comical to me. I was just laughing. 
Yeah, so was I. It was just like, this is ridiculous. The next time the narrator comes, he's like, and now Peter. Uh, Peter Jones is out. He did not find this pitch very good. He was actually quite insulted by it. In fact, we kind of wonder what will happen next. And then like, big extreme, exlo- mm-hmm. uh, extreme close-ups and slow, slow pace, excessive narration. It's just, wow. <laughs> it was just so different. Lots of close-ups I have written down here and underlined a few times. Nice. Yeah. So that was basically uh, my take. It's also very repetitive. Yes. Like you were saying even to me, it's like they're really trying to simplify or explain to the audience what's going on here. And it seems kind of like, does their target audience not understand basic business? Like we've seen a few episodes of Dragon's Den and, you know, we get the idea of, you know, what a percentage of a company means and how they value their company. Um, and maybe that's also because we have titles in, in the Canadian edition. So you can see very clearly this is what the pitch is. But mm-hmm. instead, they're reminding the audience through a narrator what's going on, which I thought was strange. Well, and I thought it also was very repetitive that, you know, one dragon would go out and they would say, OK, now we have four left. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, yes, I figured that out myself (laughs) thank you very much and actually it got really confusing in i think the last pitch that we saw Mm -hmm. because one guy came in and said i'll do this if someone partners with me and someone else said i will partner with someone else but not this person for this particular deal and that's when i could have used the narrator to help me sort out those ideas there and he was silent yeah yeah. And that that's when I really could have used some assistance in just sorting out that uh, math and what was what. And even the um, person pitching his business was kind of like, okay, can you remind me what your vision was yeah. for what you were proposing? Because yeah. he was also lost. And they were not only proposing different uh, amounts, but they were proposing different directions for where to take this product. Um, and it was actually surprising. This guy was... Um, pitching a piece of yoga equipment and yoga classes and in Canada yeah a step block for yoga in Canada that would have just completely thrown out the window yeah completely tanked but uh here it uh in the UK it was actually funded or investors were interested so yeah first they tore them apart and made Mm -hmm. them feel really terrible with Mm -hmm. their dry humor um like even at one point uh like one of the guys who invested with them, he said, it's just a stepping thing for yoga. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, it's like, I came up with that idea. So how about I sell it to you for, <laughs> and then he ended up buying in anyway. So I, I don't get it. I, I thought it was ugly and huge and overpriced. And this is like, that's like a gimmicky thing. And, and this is season 13. This is the other thing. Like it's season 13. They, they've obviously done this for a while. It's not like, it's not like in the first season where there were some weird ones. Like I remember in Canadian Dragon's Den, there was this like card lady who had a bird make cards or something. And it was really yes. quirky and silly. And, uh, that was the, the new guy, <laughs> yep. uh, the barber guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chilton. Yeah. Chilton came in and was like, mm, this sounds fun. I'll do it. And, uh, I mean, that was his like first buy-in though. Like it was, it was forgivable cause he was new on the show. And I was like, yeah, this could be fun, whatever. Um, as the seasons go by, you see those ones not taking off so much because, um, <laughs> I don't know, they just don't have time for that anymore. Right? <laughs> 
another difference is um, in the Canadian version, they walk down a staircase. Oh, yes, which, yes, yes. Which can be very entertaining for some of the larger pitchers who are like totally sweating before their pitch even begins, just from going down steps. Um, but in the UK one, they go up an elevator. Yes. Very dramatically as well in long, long edits mm-hmm. again where you just watch them standing in an elevator. Mm-hmm. Lots of extreme close-ups again. I say, uh, how many times... It was uncomfortable for me how, how many times <laughs> they were like right in people's faces. <laughs> like that one lady was crying because she was so sad about being embarrassed. And it's just like, can, can we move back a bit? Like I don't need to see every piece of tear falling down. And yeah, it was mm-hmm. annoying. Yes, it is. Uh, I was thinking, kind of wondering why they might have had the kind of different setup. And honestly, when they set up the Canadian one through CBC, maybe they just didn't have it in the budget to put in an elevator in a warehouse. Because I'm yeah. pretty sure the first one was just filmed in a random warehouse. Right. So they had them, let's just have them dramatically walk down the stairs. And we'll put a screen in front of them so you can see the person yeah. walking along and then come down the stairs. Yeah. Um, there also doesn't seem to be, I mean, we've seen one episode, so not sure. doesn't seem to be what they call the rat pit, which yeah. is basically like a, uh, metal box built into the room where the pitcher can go and there's a phone in there and they can go have a private conversation with their partners, um, just to see which deal might be better. And didn't seem like there was that, uh, in the UK version, you literally just had to kind of take a step back take a breath and decide which, which pitch you're going with or which investor you're going with. After five minutes of just them staring at each other yeah. with extreme close-ups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I, I haven't watched a full episode of Shark Tank, but I have seen some clips of it, which is mm-hmm. the U.S. version. Yep. And uh, that one's also very different. It's almost like uh, it's been American, like, idolized. Like, it's it's got... It's very American in that it's like super punchy, quick, fast, and uh, bye, 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 <laughs> boob sex, whatever. Like just anything that can be uh, simplified for, I guess, an American audience and up to 11, right? So it was interesting to see the UK is just so slow paced, like so slow paced that I noticed it. And I was just like, man, this is boring. <laughs> <laughs> like you were even saying... That we, after like what was it twenty five minutes? Mm-hmm. Like we've only seen two pitches. Yes. Yeah, like, I thought that was crazy. Do we roll through this any faster? No, no, we don't. Um, I got a comment on the actual like dragons they have. So this is our first introduction. There was no like intro to what their companies were right. or really what their businesses were, and we may not have even known what they were because they may be UK based companies True. or European companies. Um, but there is one woman in the center and man, she is tough as nails or seems to be. Yeah. I liked her though. So Um, did I. She was very calculated. Mm -hmm. I guess is the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. Um, she understood business and asked very simple business questions, I would say. And it was funny that two out of the four pitches of that episode, two completely failed at it. They didn't know like their margins or they didn't know how much profit they made in a year or didn't have all of their numbers all mm-hmm. set. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she called but, them out. She called them out and was like, but like, this is the the basics of business. You should know this. 
Um, what was I going to say? Something about the dragons? Oh, the third pitch was like the biggest, like in ask, like the biggest ask for money I, I think I've ever seen in a Dragon Sin episode. Wasn't it like 20 million? 20 million pounds. pounds. Yep. I don't think we ever saw anything that over like that high in uh, the Canadian one. No, definitely not. I think there was some, I feel like there must have been people that came in with asking for 500,000 for 10%, which values it at 5 million. I feel like that has happened mm-hmm. and that is probably the most extreme. 5 million though. Yeah. Like if you do the conversion, yeah. like 20 million pounds is ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's more money in Canadian dollars. Yeah. Heck yeah. So yeah, pretty wild. Anything else? Let's see. Peyton. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Peyton. I tried to write down some of the commentator stuff because mm-hmm. it was just so. It was so descriptive and dull. Every yeah. once in a while, he would put like <laughs> interesting words in there that made it like more dramatic than it needed to be. Uh, yeah, but I, I wasn't able to capture it. It's just, it's just so ridiculous. If you got Netflix, check it out. Check out one episode and maybe you will feel the same. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's okay. Dragon's Den. That is Dragon's Den UK. Shall we get to what's new with us over the last two weeks? Sure. Yeah. Um, so we've been pretty busy. Uh, last weekend was Thanksgiving. Uh, so we had our usual turkey fest with a bunch of family members, which was super delicious. Mm. Um, I took some leftovers home, shared them with the exchange student that's in my lab. She thoroughly enjoyed that, just getting a taste of of our Thanksgivings. Um, I, again, thought it was, you know, interesting thinking about kind of explaining Thanksgiving to uh, an out, outside person. Um, just explaining what, what we have and different traditions that we have and just kind of funny stories that come out of that. Like my family, we always get together with our very close family friends and we got to have every color represented in our food. So we've got like red cranberry sauce and an orange vegetable and yellow corn and a green vegetable. Uh, yeah, we got to have the whole, the whole deal. Uh, my mom makes a pumpkin pie. Your mom makes an apple pie. Yeah. So just small differences here and there. There's a lot, actually, and that's kind of nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been times in, in my family's past, like a, a good solid eight years or so, where there was no turkey for Thanksgiving. Um, when my mom was cooking, it would be like a salmon or something different, um, especially uh, when they lived in Vancouver. So I always liked that, though. I, I embraced that because um, I liked variety, right? Mm-hmm. There came a point where it's just like, I, I didn't even want turkey anymore. <laughs> it's filling and it makes you sleepy. Yeah. And uh, certainly this year, that Monday after those two dinners, I don't, I don't know that we had breakfast or lunch and a very light dinner because it was, was just so full. Yeah. So full of food. But it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. So we had a little break hiatus there. And then this past weekend, I was playing Frisbee tournament. So I've definitely mentioned it before that I play mm-hmm. on the York Ultimate Frisbee team. Um, this year, we were our own team. So in years past, we've teamed up with Ryerson and kind of gone together. But we were separate teams this year. Uh, so we brought a roster of 14 people to Ottawa. 
little bit smaller drive, didn't have to go all the way to Montreal, which was very awesome. Um, and Ottawa, I think I was a little bit more prepared for. Last time we went, I relied on other people with their GPS and there's a ton of one-way streets. So it's really confusing. And this time I sat down and I wrote out all the Google Maps instructions <laughs> on do, a piece of paper. <laughs> you should point out, you, you do this because you do not have a, a smartphone or a GPS. Yes. It's usually my duty to take care of that, but I am not with you. So No. And I know just how hard it is for people, like they get in a car and I'm like, okay, can you like open up the map and figure out where we need to go. And it's, you know, like a, a bit of a process. And I just literally handed the paper to the person sitting beside me. I'm like, tell me which direction the paper says to go. But these are, these are younger, younger people. Than yes. You. Um, they're used to their devices, their personal devices and their Google maps. So did they have any struggle dealing with this paper technology and I actually, understanding where <laughs> north or south is or which way you're supposed to turn. So I was, I didn't, I hadn't really looked at a map of Ottawa to really get an orientation of where we were. So mm. I was completely turned around Yeah, for sure. I knew we had to go uh, west to go home instead of east on the highway. That's about as Good. far as I got. Um, it was funny because one of the passengers, I handed her the paper and she's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to like just rely on the piece of paper to get us to the Airbnb because I've never done that before. <laughs> it's a challenge. I'm like, welcome to maps. Mm-hmm. Um, so it worked out really, really well. It was really easy. Um, the one interesting point, and this is kind of where GPS has not fully maybe adjusted, is we were going to the fields on the second day thinking we could just take the same route we had taken the day before, which worked very well. And we get to a point where the road is blocked and it's Mm. closed and there's a detour and we had to get back to the field somehow. And of course, when you plug it into GPS to say, please get me to the field, it keeps trying to reroute you to that original way you were going because that's the shortest, most efficient way. So I had to drive further away enough that the GPS rerouted to a route that skipped over that section of road. So that's when the technology uh, came in handy because we didn't have a map of the city of Ottawa, but also just thought it was funny that it required a little bit of maneuvering on our part to get that to work. Yeah. Yeah. Please do a U-turn. Please do a U-turn. Yeah. Please make this giant square. Oh, and you're back where you started. (laughs) Um, But you didn't drive into a lake, right? Did not drive into a lake. Okay. Um, Yeah. So it was fairly... It was pretty easy going for, for driving wise. I think the craziest part was driving through like torrential downpour on the 401 on the way home. Oh yeah. It was a really bad weather weekend yes. for doing outdoor sports all weekend. I had a, I had a great weekend because it was the perfect, uh, setup and weather to not feel bad about being inside all day and playing video games. So I did all right. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you, you said it was Ryerson and York mm-hmm. it was a combined team. It used to be. Now it's not anymore. Oh, so you're all York. Yep. What's your team name? York Lions. Lions, eh? Yeah. York is the Lions. So we had Lions Cheers. Mm. Um, and I think we did pretty well. Like you always have new people on the team that you're trying to train and teach the strategy to. And you only have like five weeks to do it, really. And we have one practice per week. So it's a lot to cram offensive and defensive strategies two options for both into that amount of time and get them practicing and really 
learning it um, well. So it's and on top of that, some of the veterans or people that have played ultimate a lot get put in a handler position just because they can throw more reliably than some of the newer players and they're not used to playing that role. So they're also figuring out a new role, which they can adapt pretty quickly. Um, but it's just figuring out the new role that they now have to play on the team. But I think everyone did a pretty, pretty good job. Um, I certainly enjoyed it. I had fun. I thought I also kind of had goals in mind that I wanted to be able to accomplish. And I think I kind of hit those. So that's like a pretty good feeling. Um, uh, work on my uh, defensive strategy. Um, so essentially when you are trying to get the disc, you can either run deep and try to get open or you can come what we say, come under. So come towards the person with the disc. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty good at being able to follow someone deep, less good at being able to follow the undercuts. Um, so it was kind of mm -hmm. my goal to be able to cover those unders. They say cover the unders. Um, so I thought I would be able to do that really well. It's fun hearing all the, uh, the sport talk. all the like lingo yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what any of this means <laughs> yeah i'm sure if you went to a game you'd be like what does this mean what do you mean cover the um, unders cover the under it's actually um pants. yeah <laughs> um i find it easier to cover deep because you can follow the person but when they're coming towards you this way it's often hard to kind of switch and run with them inwards but i was able to do that and got a um basically the person didn't get the disc even thrown to them so that indicates my defensive play was good on the times when they were thrown, there was a couple that I was able to block. So I thought that was pretty good. And I thought my throws were pretty reliable for a lot of the games. We had to play against um, some zone defense, which you are familiar with. I am, yeah. <laughs> well, it's basketball. That makes sense. Um, and but. to break a zone defense in ultimate, you essentially just have to keep passing the disc back and forth, trying to move the zone yeah. players and get them out of position somewhere. Same deal. Same deal as basketball. Yeah. So it's essentially like 30 throws in a row that have to be done perfectly mm -hmm. to move it around and find that, that opening in that perfect moment. So I think I did that pretty well too. I was pretty happy with that mm -hmm. um, game. And we have to think that I'm 10 years older than some of these players. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is uh, what's that dynamic like for you? Like on the field, off the field, how, how do you have any experiences? Like what's it like being, I guess the old player in the team, right? Um, yeah, well, I don't look old, so most of them assume that I'm just kind of like an upper year student. Yeah. Um, until they ask me what program I'm in, and then I explain it. Um, and or I. Or you tell them you've been married for five years. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like um, just like it's interesting for me to hear about where these um, new students have come from and what towns they grew up in, and they're at York now, and how's that going? Being like a first or second year, I think it's really interesting for them to kind of be like, what is married life like? <laughs> what is research and what do you do all day, right? Um, so it's kind of interesting for them. And I had one girl ask me like, well, what do you, because I got married fairly young. And she said, "No, how do you feel? Well, I did for the time. Okay. <laughs> Most people don't get married at 24. <laughs> I know, but I mean, sure. <laughs> I wouldn't know if that would, if people would say young though. Yep. People say young. Yeah, 24? Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm just on the cusp of being young. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's like some people get married in high school. That's getting married young or out of high school or in university. Right? It's true, but you're, you're seeing out of less and less of that. Technically yeah. I wasn't out of university, but oh. if we had waited that long, I would have been like 30. So, <laughs> Oh, I'm not counting masters and 
your PhD. I mean, you're graduate. I oh, know. So you're a secondary. No. Yeah. My, my undergraduate. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's young to them, right? Because they are like 22, 23. Um, so they were just asking me, well, how, like, how do you feel about that? How did it work? I'm just kind of, I guess I want to be cautionary about it. Like it worked very well for us, but we're a good team. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we had similar goals and ideas of where we wanted to go with life. Like if my main goal at 24 years old was to just for the next 10 years, like travel the world. Yeah. I don't know if that would have matched up very well to what your ideals were for the next 10 years of your life at that period of time. Right. Um, so I think you just have to, you know, match, match up well with um, kind of what your visions are. And we have, you know, very similar opinions about very important things to us. And I think that's kind of an important thing too to uncover and figure out. Um, and we just, yeah, we just work really well together in what we've built and what we have. Um, so without sounding too like braggy, <laughs> I wanted to, ex- wanted to explain that. Um, yeah, so that, that was just kind of, kind of cool to have that discussion. And, um, I thought these girls, maybe it's because I wasn't there on the Saturday night when they all like to go partying. So you, what did you do instead? I went to go visit my grandma. Nice. Yeah. Cause my grandma's awesome. And partied with her instead. Yes. She was super sweet. Um, she usually goes to bed at 10. I usually go to bed at 10. We were up till 1130 because we were just having a good visit and just chatting about a whole bunch of different things, had the hockey game on in the background. So we kind of turned around and checked the score and she's always worried about if I have enough food to eat and <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And I was, yeah. I was fine cause I had takeout on the way out there. Um, but about 11, she was like, do you want a piece of toast? I could go for a piece of toast. <laughs> and <laughs> when yes. an elderly person says they want to eat something, we are going to eat it. something because they don't often get to eat a lot of food no. just because they're not hungry. Um, so we had some toast and milk at 11 p.m. Wow. And then I went to bed and she was really cute. She lives in an assisted living um, home and they provide breakfast boxes for yeah. their residents. So she ordered one for me to be delivered at five o'clock in the morning because that's when I had to leave, um, which was awesome. And she also insisted that I wake her up before I left because she wanted to make sure that I did get my box and that everything was cool and that she reminded me how awesome it was that I visited. <laughs> and I really hope that she went back to sleep and got a good night and it got a decent amount more sleep because five o'clock in the morning is really early yeah. for an elderly person but i mean that's like the highlight of her day right so that's fine <laughs> yeah um but she's week. just she's just really awesome and i've actually felt um a lot of support from family just in the last little while as i'm actually hitting the end of my phd um people have been asking you know when's your date when's your graduation and they're like i want to be there and it's been your family and it's been my family and it's just really awesome that um when I say, Hey, you can come if you want to. And they're like, yeah, I'd love to be there for you. That's fantastic. I'm writing in my calendar. Let me know when you confirm a room. You're going to feel like a building with all the people. I feel like I might be a little overwhelmed with how many people come. And I was even talking to your cousin and saying, Hey, you can come if you want to, I can send you an email like a couple of weeks in advance, just so that I can tell you what kind of room you're sitting in because I don't want everyone to be sitting in these really uncomfortable chairs because it's so long. And she's like, don't even worry about that. Like, it's really nice that you're considering that. 
<laughs> but like yeah. we are all here for you and we are going to be there and that it yeah I feel like that's gonna be very overwhelming for me and it's kind of all starting to hit I'm looking at the calendar I can see yeah. the date kind of approaching mm-hmm. and it's just like this this is it awesome um so yeah yeah I'm looking forward to that I think it'll make um, an interesting podcast after sort of to compare the tension and all the getting ready for it before like you can you can look back and listen to these and be like man i was really stressed then mm-hmm. and let's see if like you know the episode after if you're like hey, it's cool man yeah you and i also that. feel like sometimes people get <laughs> this feeling that it's a little bit anticlimactic because you, you like i've i've been finished the writing part it's for true. quite some time now and i'm yeah. just in a waiting period um, and it's also just different because kind of you finish the writing part, but there's still, there's always things that you could be doing in research yeah. and more things you can do, uh, papers will ask for revisions that you have to finish up. Like it kind of feels like the job is done, but it's not done, but you're done. And then the next day it's like business as usual in the lab and we got to get back to work. Yeah. I like, feel like it, maybe it's similar to when I gave my two weeks notice, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the job is finished, but you kind of have to be there anyway and it's like yeah do i get involved with these projects or do i kind of just let them figure it out on their own Mm -hmm. yeah right pretty wild um so that is me i feel like we should talk about what you did because you have this really cool game you were into this weekend yeah um we're actually good on time so maybe i'll get into that next time oh okay um fine shut me down i just uh, (laughs) i don't Maybe the weekend kind of screwed me up because I don't feel like I'm doing a very good job of getting my thoughts together today okay. and explaining myself. So Got it. maybe if I you know, spend some time and actually like put together good notes, I can explain it a little better than uh, I'm afraid I would right now. Cool. Give a good overview of what and it perhaps is. Perhaps it could turn into a topic of something, but I just, I don't have that in my mind right now. Okay. Um, Sorry. No pressure. Also, I kind of want to call this episode something to do with ultimate because okay. I wonder if, like, I know Ultimate is uh, really growing in popularity, mm-hmm. but at the same time, so is UFC. And I wonder if they ever get confused. Like, so if you go, I'm going to an Ultimate uh, Championship in Ottawa, uh-huh. does someone ever think, what, you do UFC? No, That's because crazy. people say UFC. Yeah, you're right. So they I don't think so. They call it the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think people, when you say Ultimate, they probably get confused and are like, uh, what ultimate, is that? ultimate what? Yeah. <laughs> I know, which is why you guys have to keep saying Frisbee, but yes. Frisbee is wrong because it's a brand and you call them discs and I go, what is a disc? And then, yeah, it's an endless loop. It's fun. Good <laughs> um, luck with that sport. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. That was my, uh, last game playing university ultimate, um, in the pouring rain, real good finish, but I'm glad I went. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. All right. If uh, anyone would like to share their stories of ultimate championships or uh, Dragon's Den, actually. Mm-hmm. Has anyone watched the UK Dragon's Den? Have you watched that episode? Do you have anything to say about it? Because, mm-hmm. boy, was it weird for me. <laughs> uh, send us an email at ordinarydaypodcast at gmail.com. Yes. And thank you to Field Processor for our intro and outro music. And you can find out about all things Field Processor at fieldprocessor.com. Excellent. So until next time. Take one more 
Fred Bridges. <laughs>